This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hey everyone, it's Victoria Madian from Vibrant Raw Living and Vegan Danielle from the Specialty Produce Network. We're so excited San Diego Restaurant Week is coming. Join Specialty Produce in celebrating over 180 restaurants over eight days. It's all happening this year from Sunday, September 24th through Sunday, October 1st. For those of you looking for plant-based options, one of our favorite restaurants with an all-vegan menu, Cafe Gratitude, happens to be on the list. Go to www.sandiegorestaurantweek.com for more information. Select the drop-down menu under Type of Food and click Vegan to display other restaurants with vegan options. Don't forget to hashtag SDRW on social media in all of your delicious food photos and enjoy all that our local San Diego chefs have to offer. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, I'm going to be going through some questions that I get on a consistent basis, all relating to veganism. So I've been vegan for eight years, and I've definitely dealt with quite a bit of back and forth with people over the years, whether it just be genuine interest in my lifestyle or people kind of being a little bit defensive and saying, oh, like what you're doing is not healthy and all this kind of stuff. First question is why did I go vegan? So I went vegan back in 2009, I believe. And it was a transitional period, I think, between 2008 and 2009. But when I was younger, I dealt with a lot of digestive problems. I really had a lot of issues digesting things that were high fat, animal products, processed food. And I would eat pretty plant-based. Like I would be eating plant foods, you know, as I was growing up, but I wasn't eating them to the degree that I do now. And my digestion really suffered. I was on medication by the time I was in high school for my digestive system. And it was difficult to manage that because I was a full-time dancer. I danced on my varsity dance team all four years of high school, competed at regional and national competitions for the high school, and then was in a dance company and also competed at a dance studio. So I was extremely active when I was in high school and keeping up with my studies. I needed to be eating food. I needed to be eating quite a bit, actually, and calorie-dense foods as well. Um, so I, I was just frustrated. By the time I got out of high school, I realized, you know, this is not something that's going to work for me long term. And when I went to college, I would spend extra time in the library doing research and finding diets, you know, from big athletes. I remember reading Lance Armstrong's because I was still dancing while I was in college, but definitely not to the degree that I was when I was in high school. But I wanted to find a diet that was good for athletes, that promoted health and would work for me. So over the course of several years of researching, I gradually started transitioning and changing things in my diet, cutting out the stuff that was highly processed, moving more towards a whole food plant-based 
situation and was feeling really good. And finally, around I think the beginning of 2009 is when I went raw and I started eating all raw foods. And at that time, it did include raw egg yolks and raw fish like sashimi. Um, I wasn't eating rice, but I was eating the raw fish. And from the research I had conducted at the time, I was consuming that to get my B12 and protein, and I thought that was the best way to get it. So that's what I was eating at the time, and then I became exposed to people that were eating 100% raw on the internet and YouTube and online forums, and it just really seemed like it would make sense for me because I wasn't really enjoying <laughs> eating raw egg yolks, even though they were like farm-raised and organic and all this kind of stuff, like just... I I didn't want to eat that. But I had grown up eating sushi like my whole life and eating lots of different types of seafood. So I wasn't like eating raw fish didn't weird me out that much. But I have to say once I exposed myself to more like of the documentaries like Earthlings and Forks Over Knives went that once that one came out. And I'm trying to remember some of the older documentaries because there's been so many that have come out now like Cowspiracy and What the Health and... Food Matters, Engine 2 Diet. There's literally so many on Netflix to even count. But, um, you know, from what I was researching at the time, I began to find a lot of people doing raw foods and having great results from it and healing aspects of their health. So I remember the first summer that I was raw, I was the first time that I wasn't in school for a long time because even when I was in high school, I would pretty much do summer school every single year to get extra credits and do extra classes. And that way my load would be a little bit lighter during the year when I was dancing as much as I was. And even during the summers, I would still be dancing like around eight hours a day sometimes. But um, I would just go to school in the morning and then dance at night so it was pretty year-round situation for me but that was the first summer I think between my sophomore and junior year of college was the first summer that like I wasn't in school and I don't believe I was working at the time that was not a part of my equation so when I was 19 I had began my yoga practice so I remember that first summer was like just eating tons of fruit and going on bike rides and hiking and just exploring and going to yoga every day and swimming, going to the beach. Like it was just, it was a full on fabulous time. And I really got to experience all the changes that were happening on a really deep level. I remember I was eating probably, I think a typical breakfast for me was like orange juice, blended with ice and aloe vera. And then I was having like a banana smoothie for lunch and then a salad for dinner. So I kept it pretty simple my first summer being raw, and I always enjoyed a lot of citrus and a lot of bananas at the time. I don't probably eat that many bananas now, but back in the day, back in 2009, I think it was kind of a trend. Like People were doing 30 bananas a day. Like I don't know if you guys have seen that hashtag or ever heard of it, but back in the day, that was pretty popular. So I was eating quite a bit of bananas. And I just remember my skin was like so glowing and like really, really vibrant, very healthy. I remember I was just enjoying my yoga practice so much. And like I was able to recover from all the training that I was doing on a daily basis so quickly. And I really do feel like it was largely in part to the amount of potassium that I was consuming 
because potassium really does help flush out lactic acid. It prevents muscle soreness, and it's just really, really beneficial for your overall health. But I remember that first summer was, like, so enjoyable, and there were always learning curves along the way in regards to, you know, making it as stable as possible. But it was the first time I really felt like my digestion was working properly as it should in my whole life. I wasn't having stomach cramping or spasming. I wasn't having inconsistencies with my, you know, bowel movements and things like that. Not to get too detailed, <laughs> but it was a really uncomfortable process um, growing up. And so to finally have that out of the equation, it just simplified things quite a bit and made it really, really um streamlined my ability to just be able to do things that I enjoyed, enjoy my fitness and just not have that stress in the background like, oh my gosh, am I going to eat this and then feel like super sick in a matter of hours or even a matter of minutes. So it relieved that headache. So that's pretty much why I went vegan. And when it comes to preferences that I have for food, I do prefer eating raw fruits and vegetables, organic when possible, locally grown when possible. But if I'm not able to find like locally grown organic mangoes in San Diego, which they do grow here, they do grow in Southern California, it's not as common, but they will grow here, then I'm okay ordering something or you know, buying a case of conventional mangoes or bananas that don't grow locally and will ripen really well and taste really good. I think there are certain things that I don't really compromise on in regards to what I decide to consume. Like greens, I always buy organic. Herbs, I usually always buy organic. Um, Any fruit that doesn't have a peel on it, so stuff like peaches, nectarines, grapes, strawberries, blueberries, any kind of berries, um, things like cucumber, because sometimes I eat the peel of the cucumber or we'll put it in my juices and things like that where if I can't take off the peel, like oranges, you can take the peel off, watermelon, you can take the peel off. So although it might be grown in pesticides, it's not as important because it's, you know, Always I feel like organic and local is the best, but I don't get too particular about that. More like flavor and quality of the produce is really important to me. And then I also do supplement with B12 and, you know, different vitamins, different tinctures, and sometimes even teas if I need to supplement in a certain area. And I just keep in touch with, I have a wild herbalist that I go to that really gives me suggestions for whatever I might be recovering from if my energy is a little bit low sometimes or I'm feeling like I need a little bit of something something then she will be able to address those symptoms and kind of give me something that will work and it's been working really well for me over the years and I also enjoy going to places like Jimbo's they have a full range of herbal vegan friendly supplements that work really nicely to complement my lifestyle and make sure that everything in my blood work looks really nice, which it does at this point. So in regards to having open-mindedness to other people's perspectives, I have been questioned quite a bit over the years, like, why do you do that? Or where do you get your protein from? Where do you get this or that from? And, you know, I do socialize. I do go to social events. I go out. I have fun with my friends. 
Um, and there are certain things that I like to enjoy. But you can bet when I go out, I love dancing. I love being a part of that whole scene and letting loose. I just don't really feel like, for me, I like consuming other types of substances that might loosen me up a little bit in the process of doing that because I'm pretty comfortable with myself and my body and in social situations. So I know that sometimes people can use that stuff and not always. Some people really enjoy drinking wine or um, engaging in other type of activities related to partying. However, that's just not something that I really enjoy. And I think having open-mindedness to other people's perspectives and just understanding that, you know, I didn't grow up vegan. I've eaten a lot of different kind of food growing up and you know, had it not been for me having health issues, I probably wouldn't eat the way that I do now. I think there's so many other ways to find common ground with people and have healthy relationships with people. And, you know, just looking at religion as an example, veganism is not a religion, but I'm using religion as an example and seeing that people can have different religious points of views. People can be from different parts of the world. Like my parents are from totally different places in the world, but there's still a lot of things that they're able to find common ground on and come together and, you know, build something healthy and prosperous from that. So I just think like having been raised in an environment where I was open-minded and really exposed to a lot of open-mindedness and we have a lot of you know, family friends that are from all over the place. I've had a lot of friends that are from all over the world. Like, I think there's as many different points of view as there are people. Like, everybody's going to have a different view on things. I think for me, my roots in veganism have become really solidified over the years in regards to my responsibility as a citizen of the world and realizing that there are um, financial decisions that I can make. There's economical decisions I can make ecological decisions that I can make and really making decisions from a perspective of what benefits everybody. I like to support companies that are conscious in regards to the amount of resources that they use and how they source their products. And when it comes to being a vegan, I don't support companies that have animal products in their products. <laughs> so like things like milk, eggs, dairy, fish, um, honey, any type of meat, all that stuff. That's stuff that I don't consume. However, I do have to say as a dancer, it has been difficult for me to not purchase leather because many quality dance shoes are made from leather and they are they tend to be more expensive and stuff, but it's very difficult to find point shoes that aren't made of leather. Ballet shoes, as far as like ballet flats, you can find those in, you know, a canvas type material. But when it comes to things like tap shoes, if you want to get a quality pair of tap shoes, I've been tapping my whole life. Like you're not going to really have a lot of success with that with a non-leather shoe. You need something that's durable and that will last long. And unfortunately, synthetic materials don't really hold up when you are banging your feet against the floor for hours on end and years on end in the same type of shoes. You really need something that's a bit more sturdy and stable. I do wish that there was something different available, but unfortunately, it's just not the case. Point shoes as well. When you're talking about shoes that you go all the way up on your toes with, I think Gainer Minden is the only company that I've come across that creates a vegan shoe, but they're just, it's not the best lasting. It's not the best quality. Jazz shoes also are typically 
either made from leather or synthetic leather. And it's just kind of how it goes. When you look at any type of dance shoe, really, there's a lot of leather. So I have to say, coming from a dance background, being a dancer, that is difficult to come by. It can be found, and I do really seek out those options. I, I do have a pair of Latin ballroom shoes that are like a really high quality shoe that have lasted me quite a long time and they're close to like you know two hundred dollars but they are leather they have suede on them but then I have other shoes which I've been able to find that are beautiful that use fake leather and they are used more for like waltz or um, tango or latin styles there's different shoes for each type of dance style but for the most part I do seek out to buy shoes that don't use animal products in them whenever possible because that's obviously preferred. And there is, you know, obviously it, it. I'm very conflicted when I have to buy those things because dance has been a part of my life for as long as I've been alive. Like as my first memory as a child is literally going into a dance class. So, you know, it's not something that's something that I have to compromise on. I'm not going to give up dance just because I'm vegan and some people would even say, oh, well, you're not even vegan if you buy leather. And, you know, my Mercedes has leather seats in it. Like that is something that I I am not going to go through the you know process of reupholstering my whole car because of that. There's certain things that I think you have to be a little bit flexible with in life. And, you know, so I think understanding that everybody doesn't always have it available to them to make every single aspect of their life perfect. Like every single person is doing the absolute best with what they can do. That's the perspective that I choose to take on life and in my relationships with people. But I think I'm always open-minded to somebody if they are genuinely interested in my lifestyle. I feel like there's always ways to find common ground with people that aren't exactly like you. I feel like that's one of the beautiful things about being alive is that we all have, you know, I don't want to say flaws because I really don't feel like people are flawed, but we all have cracks in us, you know, where the light can get in and where people can come in to help us in our lives. And we all have different specialties and different uniquenesses that allow us to be there for one another in our life. You know, somebody else might be able to contribute something to society, which helps us that we don't have experience with or don't have any knowledge of, but that's you know, it is those kind of quote unquote missing pieces that allow us to fit together like a puzzle as a global community. And I really just try to maintain that perspective as much as possible, even when I do have people sometimes coming at me with, you know, a lot of a kind of a conflicting attitude sometimes. And just remember that I have every right to live how I want to live and that individual has every right to live how they want to live. And if we're able to find common ground at some point, then that's beautiful. And I really think like that's one of the joys of being alive and being able to meet other people. I do take a lot of interest in other people's lifestyles. Even when I was in college, I studied anthropology. So, I mean, I'm really interested in learning about how other people live. And I think there's always things that we can learn from each other. So I do have a lot of open-mindedness when people question me or if I go to social situations where people aren't like me, I don't find that threatening. I find it really interesting. So I think it's just a difference in perspective that allows me to be able to really be able to connect with people regardless of their how they choose to define themselves.
I don't really like to place like definitions on people. I really like to see the spirit within inside of people and hear about what their process has been and honor that because I see an individual as they are in the moment, but I also respect that with their own willpower, they can create change and become a totally different person if they choose to. So that's that's just a part of my philosophy on things, but I do stay open-minded to other people's perspectives and um, open-minded to other people's beliefs and lifestyles as well. I think it's nice to be able to be open-minded towards that, but then also really have a strong position in regards to what I know I want for my life. You know, just because I have a strong position about my life doesn't mean that I have to disrespect somebody else. And um, I think that's one thing that's allowed me to have good relationships with other people. When another question that I get a lot is, um, you know, how do I socialize with people? I have thankfully quite a few really amazing vegan friends, people in the vegan community and the raw vegan community, literally all over the world, locally and regionally. So I am really blessed to have been able to seek out a community and create a community of friends within my life and enjoy that for, you know, just about as long as I've been vegan. So it's it's been a really amazing process. You know, we will get together and go on hikes. We, you know, I just had a bunch of my friends get together this weekend at a friend's house and we all did a static dance, which was like a beautiful experience. It was so much fun. It was just good, clean, sober, healthy fun. And we had an amazing time. And it's it's just experiences like that. You know, I feel like I've met so many people within the vegan community that are very open-minded as well. So, you know, they might be into things that I've never been exposed to, but it's it's opened me up to even greater healing and even more facets of health that I never would have really even thought about before. Same goes for the yoga community. Um, you know, I think that really being raw vegan actually allowed my yoga practice to progress a lot because I was able to recover so fast and it allowed me to create more friends within the yoga community. And so everything just really kind of flows synergistically and, with a lot of my friend groups and you know there's times where I hang out with yoga people that definitely aren't vegan and they're having parties and there's like meat and you know a whole bunch of stuff that I don't either eat but that's cool you know like I can relate to them in other aspects that have nothing to do with that so that's what I choose to focus on and that's what allows my relationships to grow with them so you know that's the nice thing about having an open-minded perspective um I think another question that I get asked quite a bit is if I would ever be in a relationship with somebody who's not a vegan. And I think that that's something that I think is worth staying open-minded towards. I think just because somebody is not the same or doesn't have exactly the same perspective as I do doesn't mean that we cannot connect on another level in such a way that is beneficial to both of our lives and, you know, see common ground from either perspective and really find and create something that's that's wonderful. I think that obviously there would be preference towards having somebody who is kind of more so on the same page with you, but I think I've known a lot of couples that either, you know, one person's vegan, both of them are vegan, even people that just like have very different lifestyles but still are able to come together. 
you know, I've seen a lot of different types of relationships. And I think there is a lot more to a relationship than just the kind of food that you eat. You know, I do consider veganism being a lifestyle of like healthy maintenance of your body, you know, eating plant-based food and enjoying fitness and really having an outlook on the earth where people take care of the earth that they live in. You know, so that's definitely a huge aspect to it. But I do think there are a lot of other things to a relationship that help make it work just beyond the vegan aspect of it. But I know that I've been questioned a lot over the years if I'm in a relationship or not. I don't know if this is worth like adding in there. But being that I am vegan and I am kind of at an age right now where people are getting into relationships, building relationships, building families, that type of thing. I have been questioned quite a bit over the years if that's something that I choose to engage with. And I think there should never be any pressure for an individual to jump into a relationship, um, especially girls. You know, like people comment towards me all the time, like, oh, you're so beautiful. And like, you know, you have so much going for you. Like you have a lot of good qualities. You know, I'm sure why wouldn't somebody find you? you know, to be um, attractive or want to be in a relationship with you. And it's not always about that. I mean, I don't feel like just because I have certain qualities that would make me desirable in a relationship means that I have to be in a relationship. I don't think people have to be in a relationship unless they really want to be in a relationship. So I think that's another perspective that I hold. And I think there's a great importance of having good quality friends in our life because those are friendships that can last a very long time. And sometimes in, you know, relationships, things can, you know, go as a little bit unplanned. And sometimes feelings get hurt and people get a little bit more sensitive. So I think it's it's a good idea to have good quality friends in your life because those will stick with you for a long time. And I'm really grateful to have that now and it, for it to be a huge center of my focus. You know, I think in relationships, people can have very different lifestyles, but still be able to come together and share that with each other. And that can be something that really enriches them both. And I think that that's really wonderful because that's a very interdependent relationship. And everybody's so unique and I like to see it when people are really thriving in their element and doing what they love to do because it inspires me to do the same. In regards to talking about veganism with other people, I know this is something that I get questioned about a lot is like, how do you explain yourself? Or, you know, if people have questions for you, how do you go about explaining that in social situations? I think I really always try to keep it pretty brief. Um, Again, like people can kind of come at you asking like, oh, why do you do this? And it's kind of like comparing their own beliefs about things to yours to see like if they're right or wrong or but I don't really feel like it's about that. Um, you know, for me personally, I am vegan for animals, for the health and for the health of the planet. And like I said before, being that I am a dancer, like having bought leather products within the past, you know, years that I have been vegan has definitely been like a struggle for me. Um, but it li is literally only for my dance shoes. Like that is the only compromise that I make. And it is a really, really like hard purchase to make. And it hurts to do it. But, you know, that's that's the compromise that I make. And that's a personal choice. And I deal with the karma of that. But I do really feel like living a vegan lifestyle is the most compassionate way to live. It's the most kind of, it is a really beautiful 
path to choose in life in regards to taking care of your health, in regards to thinking and seeing other sentient beings that live on this planet as not products, as beings, and knowing that they deserve to live. And I know I sound like a hypocrite right now because I've bought leather in the past years, but I think I try to make the best out of what it is. You know, I'm trained to dance. I have a lot of training. And I try to make the best out of what has come of these animals' lives, even if they have been tortured and killed to produce the leather that I wear on my feet when I dance. You know, it's there's a gratitude within me for that sacrifice and a humbleness to me that is, you know, deeply conflicted in that. But I choose to do the best work I possibly can with that with what has been given to me from that sacrifice and make the best out of it and continue to create beautiful artwork with what I have, with the talent that I have and with the resources that I have. So just as I feel like I understand my own conflicted situation and I'm probably one of the most like straight edge, like really, really passionate, like vegans that I've ever met like I mean I've definitely met people that are more along the activism stretch of the um, spectrum and people that are very very like don't own anything leather like don't even drive a car like literally just like so so like pure in the ideology of veganism and that's wonderful that's their choice you know but I think having that aspect to me does allow me to really understand that we do live in a society that doesn't cater everything to being plant-based. And I think we are moving towards that and I'm happy for that. And as soon as like really high quality tap shoes are available that are vegan are available, you bet I will be buying them and like dance shoes and all that type of stuff. I'll, I'll be the first person to do that. And it's hard for me to admit that. But I think when you are talking about veganism with other people, for that reason, I don't even feel like I can preach as a vegan because I'm not the most pure vegan that there is. I do communicate the positive aspects and the positive benefits that I've received from living the vegan lifestyle as much as I've been able to. Um, you know, there have been things about it that have been positive. There's been some things about it that have been negative. Um, I think just the more I educate myself and keep aware of all of the um, ways in which I can continue to improve my habits for myself and learn from the experience of others, that's what really helps me to continue to grow. But I don't try to preach at people what my lifestyle is and try to say, oh, like, you know, this is so much better than what you're doing and stuff. It's like, I really do believe that people have intuition and people know if what they're doing is working for them or it's not working for them. And I'm not going to tell somebody else that they need to change just because I choose to live my life a certain way. I really do honor that independent decision within each individual that if they need to do something that's working for them, then I honor that. But again, I do stay strong in my beliefs and my beliefs are rooted in the research which I've conducted and which I've experienced as well. You know, the different kind of, if you will, scientific tests I've done on myself by experimenting and being like, okay, I'm going to eat this way for a while and let's see what happens. You know, this is what I'm hoping will happen. What are the results? What are the steps that I'm going to take? Like really breaking it down scientific method style. 
you know, takes me back to seventh grade. Um, (laughs) But like applying that to myself and like if people are doing something that works for them, then I'm not going to say somebody else change. But the reality is when you do consume animal products, it does put you at a higher risk towards things like diabetes, cancer, heart disease, hypertension, being overweight, things like that. And it can put you at a greater risk for that type of stuff. Also, when you consume alcohol and do drugs like that can affect you in a certain way as well, you know, like, but I just don't feel like I'm not, I don't approach it as like a missionary type perspective. Like I don't want to be going into places and, or going up to people and telling people, this is how you need to live. This is how you need to do things in your life. Like, let me help you. It's like, I don't give unsolicited advice to people that really are not interested because quite frankly, I don't really appreciate it when people do that to me. I'm not going to be rude to a person because they would do that to me, but that's just not something that I choose to, I don't like to go there too much. I don't, you know, I just feel like I like to appreciate people as they are. And if they genuinely have questions from a non-conflict standpoint that they want to run by me and receive my feedback on whatever their question is, then I'm happy to, you know, be able to offer that. But for the most part, I like to keep things short and simple and allow people to do their own research um, from, you know, online scholarly sources or watching documentaries because I feel like it's a lot more rewarding when people go through the process of learning it on their own and really researching the different aspects of health that they may be trying to address that are very personal rather than me trying to figure out what that is and say it just right. So, because there's plenty of information out there these days, there's lots of scholarly research that's on display, like clinically peer reviewed research that is done and Tests conducted and research really soundly presented that people can look into if they're genuinely interested about veganism. I know that some people consider veganism to be an eating disorder because or they get concerned that veganism would be an eating disorder because there are certain what people consider to be food groups left out of what veganism entails. And I don't think that veganism is an eating disorder. I think that people can mask eating disorders behind a vegan diet. And um, I know that we've I've had um, Sweet Simple Vegan on the podcast, and you can listen to her episode and when she talks about that, how when she was going through anorexia and um, the whole process that when she came to veganism, that it still was kind of from she wasn't healed from her eating disorder when she came to veganism. So there was some extra work she, she did to do that. And people can do that. And I think people have kind of come out over the past several years on social media talking about how they might have been masking their eating disorder with a vegan diet or even with a raw vegan diet. But being vegan isn't about restriction. It's about really being respectful as much as you can to the planet and being respectful to your own health, eating foods which meet our body's biological needs, not harming animals and not contributing to the environment in such a way where it's more polluted and more toxic due to our lifestyle choices. So I think 
always like for health, it's always important to meet your caloric needs on a daily basis to not be afraid of food or calories or anything like that. Just to enjoy what's on your plate and be grateful for what you have. Be grateful that you have food. Be grateful that you get to eat something that's grown out of the earth. You know, that's something to be very conscious of and really grateful for. I personally don't approach my vegan lifestyle or the vegan lifestyle that I began a while back with a disordered eating perspective. I did have a disordered relationship with food just because like, I, I did feel like there was a lot of fear with food with me given the experiences that I had had with my digestion over the years. I didn't know what to eat that wasn't going to make me sick. So there was a little bit of kind of, I wasn't clear on what I could do for myself that would keep me feeling healthy and alive and happy and not having digestive issues. So I feel like once I was able to really let that go, it just was such a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. But you know, for me personally, I've never been diagnosed with an eating disorder and I don't necessarily, I can't speak from a perspective of someone who does, but I just know that I have had friends of mine that have recovered from eating disorders, from eating a vegan diet, and I've also had friends of mine mask their eating disorders behind a vegan diet and eventually get healthy. But I don't believe that veganism is an eating disorder, it is a way of life which really allows people to thrive at their healthiest and feel good in their own skin as much as possible. And I just have to say, if you want to, if you're interested in becoming vegan or living a lifestyle that is more plant-based, there's plenty of resources out there to help you do it. There's plenty of people that are willing to help. There's a lot of people on social media like, we're here, we want to help you. Like, you know, this lifestyle is not about restriction. It's not about eating processed foods. It's about eating like whole foods from the earth and like really just having a deeper connection to yourself and all that is around you essentially. So but I think, you know, it's never, it's not a good idea to really take things too seriously sometimes and let it be all consuming of your entire lifestyle. Because when you're living for something like a religion or a lifestyle aspect or even your line of work, like it's just really important, I think, to keep that all in balance so that you can be your happiest. I don't think living up to a certain standard is something anybody should do in their life. However, it is a very personal choice, and I think you will know what's best for you. So I think that kind of wraps it up in regards to what I was talking about. Um, those are a lot of questions that I do get asked on a very consistent basis in regards to my veganism. So I hope that was helpful, and if you guys want to post any questions or interact with me in the comment section of the Instagram page, you guys can go to Vibrant Raw Living on Instagram, and usually I do a post for each episode, and if you have any questions or comments that you want to leave, be sure to send me a message or leave me a comment, and I can talk about those in another episode, but I hope you guys have a fantastic day and that this was helpful. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. 
I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.